This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome to episode 104 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gaz is with me. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Thank you, my friend. It is your birthday or it was yesterday by the time people listen to this. Happy birthday. And it's Thank definitely you. I've got the right day. Everything is good. <laughs> I've got to have a quick shout out to Dave Johnson, our American listener, or only one, I'm sure, because uh, I think, I don't know whether it was a mistype or not, he put a happy 29th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's right. No, well, I think you probably, t- I mean, I'd say that, to be honest, at this point. it's. Uh, I'd take hmm. 39 at this point. Yeah, probably. Well, I wouldn't because I'm not quite there yet, but I'll uh, I'll be all right. Anyway, um, yeah, it's been uh, before coming into this. I was sort of before we had the, the chat off air. I was thinking it's been a relatively quiet week, and then when we actually started talking, I went, "Oh no, it really." Um, obviously, the first thing to to sort of address is um the the fallout from last week's podcast, and you know a bit of an update on it really, um. The 617's Shed Light on the Plight campaign um, and some stuff that's kind of happened in the background. Obviously, um, I think the biggest news of the week was the the headline grabber was uh, £300 million is being pumped into sport um, to kind of provide a bit of a rescue package. And then when you actually look into it, um, it's not quite that much good news for us is it well no because me and you get as much as lincoln city do um and i've noticed some people saying finally because football's going to get this amount this amount and that amount um but the 300 million coronavirus fund and this is according to the express and star so if i do have any facts wrong uh do oh please do forgive me uh but it says that the national league at steps one and two which has already benefited from 10 million uh will receive a further 11 million uh, and steps three to six of the pyramid will receive 14 million, while the Women's Super League and Championship have been awarded 
three million. So um, that's 21, 24 million, maybe. Oh, no, there's another 14. Oh, no, there's not. It's, yeah, 11, 14. Yeah, you're right, 28. I, I was looking at different numbers. I'm not thick. Um, <laughs> so uh, nothing for us, nothing for elite football. You know, we're still classing elite football as Manchester United to Morecambe, which is utterly ridiculous. Um, I'm not going to, I mean, there are some big numbers for other sports. 135 million to rugby union of which 59 million goes to premiership rugby clubs um i think there's horse racing has got quite a lot as well look it would be crass to sit here and say why is football getting it because i like football football getting it, i like them more why is badminton and ice hockey and basketball and greyhound racing getting 11 million and we're getting nothing at the end of the day you know, sports fans like sports, and and if you're a big basketball fan, you're delighted that your your name's on the list. And yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be critical because it would be jealous, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it would be, but I I would have to question the discrepancy in the the sums when you consider, like you say, Premiership rugby. Whilst yes, okay, it doesn't quite have the the level of you know. Um, TV support and the, the the financial clout at that top end. I, I don't understand why rugby union is is deemed, you know, 135 million pounds of that 300 million. It there's something that doesn't quite seem right to me there. But yeah, I mean, it's it, that that is bordering on what you just said, and I'm I'm very much aware of that. But it. it there's something that doesn't quite seem right when the the top you know the top top clubs are getting um you know 59 million in the in the uh, in the premiership in rugby union um, it's something doesn't sit right with me there but you know i do that yes okay people you know sports across the country are on their ass um i just it, it doesn't really help what we were talking about last week does it no i mean it annoys me uh oliver dowden who's the uh culture secretary i think actually that should be an n not an l um in in culture <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth um but he's basically said sports clubs are the beating hearts of their communities and this 300 million boost will help them survive this difficult winter period now let's not forget this 300 million isn't just going to be um benefiting like you you'd you, Lincoln Griffin's basketball team or whatever I don't know what the basketball team in Lincoln is called or indeed if we have one um but I would hope that it's going to be smaller sports clubs it's going to be um you know the sorts of things that that probably kids go along to to try and help them get through as well I would hope you know rather than anything I mean it annoys me because uh his his words were um Britain is a sports powerhouse and this government will do everything we can to help our precious sports and clubs make it through COVID, except football, because uh, when it comes to football, it's the Premier League that's got to do it. And we, I think I think elite football, and I use the, that term, as you know, um, begrudgingly, uh, is being punished because the government expects the Premier League to provide financial support. Now, let's not forget that the government expected Premier League players to help um, players, not clubs, when the coronavirus first hit back in in March, I seem to remember um, the. I'm going to have to say culture again because I don't want to use the other word. But that secretary basically at the time uh, I think suggested Premier League footballers should put their hands in their pockets instead of um, 
club to help out their their clubs and their staff, blah blah blah. You know, it's all well and good, but we're we're not going to the actors that perform at the Royal Shakespeare and saying, right, put your hand in your pocket, I'll keep this venue open. And and I think that it, that League One, League Two have been caught in a a power struggle between the government uh, and the Premier League. Um, and I think the, the DCMS meeting proved that, that the government basically got on their high horse. It, and again, I'll use the, 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 the house burning down analogy. The government sat on their big red fire engines looking down at the Premier League, sat on their fire engines and said, why aren't you putting that fire out um, when they've got the capability of helping to do that as well? And, you know, it's there is some positive news for those who are, are not aware. Uh, and we kind of knew that this might be happening last week we'd spoken about it off air but we couldn't speak about it on air uh, but EFL uh, clubs have accepted a 50 million pound Premier League rescue package from League One or League Two so what well, that's probably how much Richarlison cost Everton bear that in mind mm. um, but there's a 50 million short-term rescue package been agreed in principle it was initially rejected in October uh, because it didn't um, and again I'm happy to be corrected on this but uh, because it didn't stretch to the championship uh, and there was a show of solidarity where League One and League Two clubs wanted their championship uh, counterparts to be safe. You know, the same championship clubs that were spending three, four, five million pounds on players um, nine months ago who are now going, oh, we're as poor as Agrinson. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, there was that degree of solidarity. Uh, now I think there's a wrangle as to how that 50 million pound is going to be handed out which is interesting again. Uh, I wonder what your thoughts are, because the, the the options are, you know, there's 48 clubs in League One and League Two, so every club gets a million, give or take, you know, a million point, whatever. But there's a lot of clubs saying, well, hang on, we've been hit harder than them, so it should be pro rata. It should be work out who's lost the most, and they have the biggest section of the 50 million, thus um, helping the clubs supposedly that need it. Um, I was amused, well, I wasn't amused. I was quite pleased to see that Bradford City's chief executive basically said, we know that we've lost more in gate receipts than most teams in League Two because we have more fans than most teams in League Two. But it's absolutely not fair for us to get more money than Morecambe or Stevenage. Needs to be split. So you would give probably of the 50 million, you would say, right, 35 million, it goes into the League One. 15 million goes it probably not that split probably more like 30 20 mm. 30 in league one 20 in league two and then split it between the teams that way would be my feeling i don't know what you think i mean it's it's an odd question you know to, to sort of have you, you can't really put an answer to it at the moment it's i do agree that you know saying well there's 50 million give each club a million each there will be clubs that will burn through that incredibly quickly because of the way that their budgets are set and i'm not saying that you know we need to look in at you know we, we need to be looking at making sure that the you know the, the the um the rescue package is tailored to each club's budget but it's it's a really tricky situation now because like you say do they just kind of split that and say right a million million and a little bit for the 48 clubs i don't know i i i I don't want to be making this decision i'm glad i'm not making this decision because somebody somewhere will be very unhappy um i do agree that you know there will be clubs that that possibly have almost in reserve if you like the the ability to to not be in peril until let 
you know sort of next year i know that we're uh, i think clive said on um it was either clive or liam said on the hope and glory podcast that you know i think that the club is at the moment potentially technically solvent until february or march next year i believe it was said um based on current well projections is probably not the right word but you know based on the current circumstances and i just it it wouldn't feel right to you know looking at a situation it wouldn't feel right for a club that is potentially sat on you know 10 15 million pounds at the you know right end of the championship to be getting the same amount of a bailout as a club that's been really hard hit by this and you know is and really struggling champion, without the lack of the championship aren't in this 50 million are they it's league one and league two sorry i mean yeah sorry i did yes yeah, sorry a, a team that sat on a substantial amount of, uh, in our league shall we say sorry yes um it's it wouldn't sit right with me to have that um ha- have a club that's financially you know better off shall we say than uh, a club that you know desperately needs to have this this um this rescue package i don't know what the solution is i think what i'd say kind of a little bit in, in contrast to that surprising me in contrast to something <laughs> um I, I i actually think okay so let's say that the rescue package comes down and there's clubs in our division who are screaming for money and we're there going well look you know we'll be okay till january but mm. We can't then say, well, we'll forego our section of it because you're going to you need it tomorrow because we need it further down the line. The fact is, we will need a bailout. Uh, Clive's comments were we will we we would need to rebudget in January if there was no potential bailout. Yeah. Um, You know, and arguably the bigger clubs. I don't think there's anybody in our division who sat on resources of 15 20 million pounds i think you know, you would look at the likes of fleetwood and forest green who have got benevolent owners and think mm, do they need it but at the same time why should those owners put their hands in their pockets when their business has been hit and their rivals owners are not in a position to do that because the club itself the business itself is still being hit through a lack of income. And I suppose the only, the worrying thing is then how that's used. So let's say you bail these clubs out and then in, uh, in and I always use Forest Green, but in January, Forest Green go out and sign a striker for three grand a week, more than anyone in League One or Two can afford. Would that be fair? Mm. Argument being, well, that rescue package is for all of us and we're in dire straits, but our owner can help. But just because he can help, doesn't mean that they should go well just because you can have that um we're not you know we're not going to give you any other money this isn't the uk benefit system do you know what i mean if you go to the benefit if you go to collect your benefits and you've got 20 grand in the bank the likelihood is you have to i don't know but you probably have to declare that on your benefits and therefore don't get as much as someone that's got nothing but that's not how this is going to work if if the money was coming from the government potentially that would be different potentially the government would would means test it i don't know mm. um but at the end of the day you know i think liam and maybe clive i'm not sure basically said you know we're maybe 20th in line 30th in line for going bust uh, before the end of the season mm. but we would go bust before the end of the season or we would struggle sorry before the end of the season so you know we're everyone's going to need this package maybe salford city might not but again as a business I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think because football's such an uncertain area, and probably that's why the government are 
trying to push it onto the Premier League. Um, you know, for me, that's where the problem is. And it leads us in a little bit to, you know, I praised um, Tory boy for uh, asking a question, Prime Minister's question time. And I took a little bit of stick and I got a few DMs for it as well. And to clarify, you know, I fully understand that what football needs from the government is not fans back in the ground. I know we need fans back in the ground, absolutely, undoubtedly. But, you know, as a Lincoln City, if we're allowed 3,000 fans back in the stadium in December, it doesn't actually help us a massive amount because it's 3,000 season ticket owner holders who have already paid for their tickets. Mm. So in terms of actual revenue, we're probably worse off than somebody that's got a thousand season ticket holders and can get 3000 in their stadium, like maybe a, a Carlisle, for instance, because suddenly they're generating income and we wouldn't be. What we needed from the government and what was never going to come from the government, that's been clear for a long while, was, was a financial bailout. Um, you know, the government have made clear they're not going to do that. So when I was praising Carl McCartney for asking the question, I was effectively praising him for doing his job. His constituents and people have asked him to do something and he has in the sickening way that he did kind of pandered all over the prime minister and um, asked the question. However, he's been criticised for a lack of action. And then when he does do something, the socialists and the left wing, and I'm not saying I'm right wing, I'm not saying I'm conservative, but, you know, the the other extreme, Ben, perhaps even yourself, uh, you are maybe in this category, I don't know, but <laughs> then kind of come out and said, we don't want you at the ground, you're no good to us. Basically, you know, what what can the prick do to be right? Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't ask a question and he's doing nothing. He asks a question and he's an insincere, snivelling rodent. Um <laughs> It would be I mean, hard. It can, it, it can be both. Like, it can yeah. be both. You so know, he's I, both, is he? He's useless and a rodent. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I, I said this on, you know, I said this on social media at the time. I said, the, the, I don't think it's any secret that I'm not the biggest fan of our local MP. You know, it's, I think uh, people were, people were quite quick to point out on, you know, on Twitter that uh, the club, whether it was kind of, semi-seriously offered uh you know offered the chance for our illustrious pm to come to uh to come to the to come to central bank um and i said i probably wouldn't really really entertain the option um and i know a few people had uh, had a bit of a chuckle at that one um at my expense mr pearson but the thing is you know you say about carl mccartney <sighs> If I can be frank for a minute, I think he's an odious little prick. But the fact is, you've said there, he did his job. He did what he was supposed to do. He did ask that question. Um, you know, he got it in front of the PM in a way that wasn't to everybody's taste. But it it kind of got it in the limelight. And, you know, like you've said, begrudgingly, you've got to say, fair enough on that one it doesn't change my opinion of him it doesn't change it doesn't suddenly make me agree with everything that he's ever said and it suddenly doesn't make me you know a blue rosette wearing tory it's like yeah he's he's done one thing you know stop clock and all that he's he's got this one right after a lot of pressure and i just think honestly the pressure needs to be kept on and he needs to keep doing the things that are right whether he yeah. will or not is another matter. Yeah. You see, that's where you're right. The fact is, 
you know, we, we talked last week about right Chilo Clempe. We want fans back in the stadium, all that, and of course we do, and we need to keep that pressure up 100. Um, percent But we need the we needed a bailout, and we're not going to get that. And and people next time they go to the voting booth need to kind of remember that. I do think maybe you know I, I i took to twitter to praise a man for doing his job when my birthday cards arrived this morning then go on twitter and go the postman bless him has just delivered my cards and kind of gone out there and given him a cuddle and a reach around you know it, it doesn't happen <laughs> so i just i just think yeah look the, he asked the question um in a in a way that probably was you know mr prime minister is it mr prime minister you're great come to notice the football, me you'll notice me yeah i i, I get that but the fact is that, you know, it'd take a lot of stick for being incredibly silent. And then people are going, oh, Liverpool, Tranmere fan, whatever. Do you know what? He might well be. But the fact of the matter is not, you know, it's our, it's our political system. And this is, we'll move on to football, I'm sure in a minute. It's a political system that's broken mm. where a man who didn't grow up in this county represents this county. My MP is Victoria Atkins. I don't even think she lives here. Do you know what I mean? She's got all these jobs in Parliament. She does not give a flying who about Louth Town, about Lincoln City, about Grimsby Town. And when everyone's going, oh, Boris is a Grimsby fan. No, he's not. He was given a Grimsby shirt by an MP who wanted a bit of a publicity stunt, and it got the publicity stunt. Farage was at Grimsby. You know, Farage isn't a Grimsby fan uh, because I I, I think they've got a foreign player. Um, But (laughs) do you know what I mean? I was going to say, I don't think Lizards support football teams either. there's, (laughs) There's very, very few um mps are football fans and the ones that are then get ridiculed because the guy that was the big blackburn fan or whatever that said you know well the north the south have got their ballet and we've got our football yeah set back he just he just went blazing in there with a stereotype basically like oh well you southern tutu wearing dancing jesses we're up here with flat cap and whip it watching football <laughs> Yeah, it's not like that. There are plenty of working class football clubs in every single reach of the country. And when I talk about the London centric approach to the bailout and particularly, again, Oliver Dowden, who um, awarded the, all that that one five seven billion, you know, thirty percent, seventy percent will be spent outside London. That's my argument. You know, not that London people in London prefer the ballet. That's ridiculous because there are working class people in London. There's Millwall, there's West Ham. Yeah, I'd like that guy to go with his flat cap and his whippet and his bag of coal for Christmas or whatever they get and stand in front of you know a hundred Millwall fans or a hundred West Ham fans and invite them to go to the ballet. It'd be hilarious. But the fact is that you know. MPs nearly always get things wrong. I've very, very rarely met an MP where you think they've got that right. Even Gillian Merrin, you know, who went on the march with us when Lincoln were going under, you know, was was mm. right there. She wrote to me after I'd finished 11th in the Mascot Grand National, which was, you know, a precursor to the everybody gets a certificate era, wasn't it? I finished 11th and my MP writes to me and says, well done. It's 11th, Gillian. You do realise that. There was 10 <laughs> ahead of me. Um, but... Yeah, she wasn't doing that because she was a Lincoln fan and loved poacher. I've never seen Gillian Merrin at a game since. She was doing it because she's got she wants to win win friends. It's just, you know, Carl McCartney thinks the best way to win friends is you know, uh, wear a gillet, hand out a few flyers and ask a question. But the point is, if he doesn't ask the question, that's where he's wrong. Should we talk about football? Because I think we I think we're about twenty minutes in at the minute, and I don't think we've talked about football, have we? Yeah, and I think if we if we carry on um uh, if if we carry on talking about you know that odious little toad, I think I might uh, spontaneously combust. Anyway, no, no. Forest Green was last week. Mark. Hey. Was last week. Um, 
Right. So yeah, football. Um, we had a game. Oh yes. We had. A, <laughs> <Was> that... we... <laughs> I was looking down my notes thinking, I wonder which bit we're going to go to next. And as you know, I make my notes about things and not what we're actually going to talk about. So yeah. <laughs> we did have a game. I'm going to, I'm going to have to ad lib this pit. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I listened to it. Um, I, I didn't get, um, uh, I didn't uh, watch the game. Um, unfortunately, I was, you know, again, quite busy on tuesday night in uh, right. in prep well, for a few things and basically just said that the two of you couldn't be asked didn't she that you didn't want to watch it no that's that's not quite right that's, that's, quite that's right. how i took it and rachel always sells you out so. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna have words anyway um yeah it was uh it sounded it sounded all right i mean i think you summed it up it was a training exercise that we won on penalties um I can't really get that excited about it, even though we won, even though we're through, even though we're top of the group. I just can't get that excited about it, unfortunately. I mean, top of the group, second. Are we not? I thought we were top of the group. No, that was the point. That was why the penalties were pointless, because we needed to beat them outright to top the group. If you Uh, went through the draw and the penalties. So if we'd top the group, we would have got a home draw, but we didn't. Uh, so we will get a away draw unless we draw an under 21 side and then we'll get a home draw unless it's a full moon uh, and then we'll have to play on the local park for jumpers for goalposts <laughs> yeah i mean do you want me did, to talk about the game yeah i just I, struggling can't, there, like. I just can't get into it yeah go on brilliant uh, so it was one all <laughs> i don't know if you realize that <laughs> And we didn't top the group. Um, No, look, I mean, I actually, I thought Manchester City, I thought they were the best under-21 side I've seen. I think they were even better than the Chelsea under-21 side that played in the semi-final with uh, Hudson-Odoi and Rhys James. And they had some really good players, Man City. Uh, There was one lad who played out on, I think it was the the right flank, which was uh, Braff. I can't remember what his his first name was. I mean, he was like lightning, that kid. Jesus Christ, he was good. Um, I like Nemecha in the middle of the park. They played, um, it looked like three across the back. Played it about really comfortably. They had 60% possession. Um, You know, honest, honest truth, they were better than us. And we got into the game in the second half. Uh, as As we changed things around, we became, I thought, more potent. Um, and then when we got the goal, I thought there was only going to be one team go on and win it. And obviously, awful moment for Ethan Ross right at the end. I mean, it was an awful moment for him in the first minute or the first couple of minutes where he kind of rushed out of his goal and we should have been one nil down. But the goal that we conceded was was really tough on him. Mm. Um, you know, and I I don't think Ethan will play that many more games this season, not because of the mistake. But Alex Palmer is going to be number one. He's going to play the league games. So, Palmer obviously played in the FA Cup against Forest Green. So, you know, the only competition Ross might play in is the Checker Trade Trophy or the EFL Trophy, um, Papa John's, whatever it's called. Uh, and you know, if we get, if the actual fact, Michael might look at it now and think, well, we, we might want to do well in this. Um, you know, if we were to get Wolves under 21s at home, you'd fancy it, wouldn't you? And are you then going to, having a look at the way that Ethan Ross played, is he going to think, well, actually, goalkeepers greatest respect they don't run around a lot do they i mean resting your goalkeeper is a little bit um a little bit kind of again purposeless isn't it 
maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being harsh on goalkeepers, but it's not like they go on gut busting ninety yard runs. Is it? They kind of stand around a bit, and every so often have a jump or a shout or a punch, and that's it. Um, and that's not to criticise keepers. It sounds quite harsh, but you know what I mean. There's less need to rest a goalkeeper than other areas of the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, the game probably, you know, the, the the bad points from it, obviously Remy Howard's injury. I don't know how long that's going to be. But the last thing that we need is more injuries. Um, I was a little disappointed with some pe- some players' performances. Um, uh, I try and be positive about players uh, when I can be. I am beginning uh, to wonder about Tom Hopper. Um, and I know that, you know, Tom's rapidly becoming this season's John Akindi mm-hmm. in that, you know, those that want to praise him can say he does a lot of work. He picks up the ball here and there. You know, you and I did it with John for for a long while. Um, but John at least had penalties with Tom. You know, he was playing 18 year old kids, 19 year old kids. And I didn't see him better than much at all. He did get the one moment where he did better than the keeper down on the left wing. Um, but other than that, I'm, we've got a lot of good balls into the box. Um, Theo Archibald's delivery is good, you know, and some of the balls he put into the box were right in the, the proper area, you know, just in front of the six-yard area, a bit too far for the keeper to claim between the keeper and the defence. You know, a fox in the box probably scores two um, off Theo Archibald's balls. But, you know, try and be positively, and Bridcut came back. That's brilliant. Um, but, you know, the fact is, and, and Jack Mulhall, cover your ears now. Um, but when we go to XG, ours was 0.74 and we scored a goal. Theirs was 1.57. You know, on another day, we could have lost that game 2-0 quite easily uh, with a makeshift side, you know, with a, with a side shuffled around. But bear in mind, Tomo said, you know, it's good for the fringe players to get a game. Tom Hopper started the game, not really a fringe player. Teo Eden, arguably first team. Uh, Liam Bridcut started the game. Max Melbourne started the game. Rowan, Ioma, Harry Anderson. You know, these are players that are first team players anyway. Um, but I thought we did well. I thought after the reshuffle, you know, an enforced reshuffle, I thought we grew into the game and probably on the balance of the second half, we should have won it. Um, interesting that I talk there about um, XG uh, because. You can also break XG down by um, by half, so first half, second half. And interestingly enough, um, in the second half, we, we, we were more or less level with them, and bear in mind the gift that we gave them at the end. So it goes to show, again, shots and shots on target were four and two, four shots, two on target each. So, But yeah, look, I called it, I labelled it um, a meaningless fixture. I think a lot of people kind of then came out and said that oh, wasn't meaningless because, you know, we could have finished top and all that sort of thing. No, it wasn't entirely meaningless. The penalty shootout was win or lose the penalty shootout. We finished second in the group um, and we get five grand. So, you know, it was uh, the AFL have got to look at that, the penalty shootout thing. But, you know, it got some minutes into the players after a 10 day break. It got 60 minutes into Liam Bridcut. It's all about league action. And that's that really, you know. Mm. Yeah, so um, you say about Bricker coming back, uh, from what it sounded like, and you know, again from uh, the, the highlights, it, it seemed like he he came back and actually had you know the kind of impact that you would have hoped him to have. Um, yeah, sounded very strong. Second um, best player on the pitch for me. Yeah, yeah. Second best uh, player in a Lincoln shirt on the pitch for me. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think. Um, 
I think hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see him uh, come back. I think there's one thing, uh, come back on Saturday, sorry, for, for a full 90. One thing that did make me chuckle um, at halftime uh, in the game, uh, Rob was talking about it on uh, on Radio Lincoln. She said, so, uh, you know, Michael Appleton was saying beforehand that he, um, he he thinks, you know, Liam Brickett will probably come off after about 60 minutes. And Tomo just responded with, yeah, give him about 15 minutes in the second half. I just thought, Tomo, that's yeah that's 60 minutes tomo that's that's how minutes work but uh yeah it was it it just sounded i I just genuinely couldn't get that into it but 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 we've got atkinson coming up so is that the next thing we were going to talk about uh well we will do we will do. We'll go into we'll go into the next games and then we'll finish with the other little bits. And if you forget the other little bits, I'll write them no, down. No, I've got. Now. I've got. T- to be fair, to be fair, I do have them all written down. I was just okay. kind of doing our traditional run off into a game. But, okay, we'll do that. Let's go now. Let's go into Accrington. People want continuity. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Accrington have had well, how many games is it now? Is it three that they've had? Three wins on the bounce. Uh, three wins on the bounce, but I was thinking, you know, in terms of the earlier on in the season, they've had three postponed because of COVID. Um, and yeah, I mean, it they seem to be going fairly strong at the minute. Um, <laughs> hmm. uh, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to call this one. That you know, the odds seem to be more kind of in our favour. Um, I, I don't know whether that's a case of us just being, you know, seemingly being a, a stronger candidate each week for, you know, for doing well this season. But, um, yeah, how, how do you see Accrington going? Because they're they're one of those teams, aren't they? You know, they always seem to outperform where people think they're going to end up. Yes, um, I, I. I... <sighs> I'm actually, I'm looking at the two games that we've got. And I was with my dad walking in the woods earlier, socially distanced. I think we're allowed to meet outside, aren't we? COVID, please. Um, but anyway, um, and he was saying, oh, I'm worried about this game. I'm worried about this. Accrington are looking good. Yeah, was my response. Um, bit like when you kind of said it there. Because when you look at the games that Accrington have won, granted, beating Peter Bratuno was a good result early in the season, before Peterborough kicked on. Um, since then, in actual fact, they've played four teams in the current bottom six already. Okay. Okay. Um, and they have beaten two of them, uh, and they have lost. So, just to, to clarify, um, and they they've basically played Burton Albion, who was second from bottom, and lost. Oxford, who were fourth from bottom and lost. They then beaten Swindon uh, 3-0 the other night, and everyone was raving about it. This is a Swindon whose manager's just buggered off to Salford. They've got John Sheridan, who was on the verge of being sacked from Wigan anyway because they're bottom. Absolute disarray. We'll move on to them. 1-0 at Northampton, who were quite a few t- uh, fans' favourites for going down. They've also beaten Rochdale, who are 17th in the league as well. So, uh, and when you look at the other game, they've won, one of the other games they've won, AFC Wimbledon, probably a game that you would expect to win if you're hoping to be mid-table. 
Mm. Um, their run of games, yes, they've just beat Swindon 3-0, granted. Yes, they've just beat Northampton 1-0, relegation candidates, in my opinion. The other game they've won was Barrow 1-0 in the Football League trophy, which, you know, means nothing, as we've just discussed. They lost to Tranmere in the FA Cup with a relatively full first team. Um, they have lost to Ipswich. Like I say, o- Oxford's flashed them 4-1 at home. Mm. Um, I'm... I'd, it could go one of two ways, and that's a stupid thing to say, I know. <laughs> but you know, we're either going to go there and control the game, um, or you know, that we're going to get the Accrington that everybody thinks on paper we're going to get because you know they have won. Um, excuse me, they have won eight games this season in all competitions. They beat Leeds under twenty-one seven nil. Um, you know, on occasion they do look like they can do well, uh, but I'm not convinced. Uh, so they set up in a three-five-two formation uh, that occasionally hints to me depending on our fitness uh, situation that that harry could start at right back now i know that tj will likely play there if lewis monsman's fit if monsman's not fit then we could shuffle things around but in days gone by we've always said harry hates the 352 when he's playing in the attacking role um mm. because there isn't space to run into because the foot the full back will track him and the center half can close him down but he's happier at right back in a 352 because he doesn't have to worry as much about a winger there's only one player going up and down the line and that's the full back so he's you know he's he, he can play with the game in front of him and be a little bit more buccaneering so i actually really like harry at right full back mm. uh and I, I i i wonder if that might be an option but anyway um, you'd be hard pushed to name a single player in the Accrington team as a as a kind of a not as a neutral, but you know as kind of somebody that just goes, oh, who have Accrington got? And you go, oh, you know Colby Bishop? No, you know Dion Charles? Uh, no, you know Sean McConville? I've heard of Sean McConville. Yeah, he's not playing for him at the minute. Um, so, you know, massive respect for what they do, but let's not build this aura around them that they're you know this 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 side that are going to take us apart because you know. Numbers always tell one story. Facts are often slightly different. And I know that, again, to talk about our old friend Jack, he will now be screaming at me, yes, you prick, but you talk about XG. Um, (laughs) What can I say? I'm a hypocrite. Uh, But let's talk about XG because it's another reason why I doubt Accrington. Because in actual fact, they have outperformed their XG this season. Um, 1.46 expected goals, 1.77 scored. So to be fair, they're expected normally score a goal a game and you know, they've been averaging just under two a game um their opposition have underperformed on xg so their opposition have scored 0.92 goals a game and should have scored uh, more than one goal a game so you know they you could argue that they've probably had the the rubber the green as well um they play at a slightly slower tempo to lincoln and there's a number on y scout that says tempo and i've no idea how they work it out um, i'm sure they have something <laughs> some way to do it but accrington's tempo is 15.57 and odds 17.14 so like a lot of the teams that we face this season they're going to be slower um across the back they're going to try and retain possession um they don't do it as much with individual skill as the likes of blackpool and charlton have tried to um do it uh, they do like the two up top they've got colby bishop who i was critical of when he signed last season because i thought he was a bit of a gamble he came from non-league and um, he hasn't done too bad for them actually too badly for them and Dion charles is another that's kind of done the rounds in in the northwest uh their key man for me is probably going to be john russell 
who's on loan from Chelsea. Um, I think he he adds quite a bit of panache to their play. Um, look, they're going to be a decent side. We know John Coleman's teams play nice football. But for me, that's exactly the sort of team that we like to play. Uh, and, you know, in the past, you would look at Accrington, certainly when we went there on the last game of the season or the penultimate game of the season when they won the title. Um, I think it was the week before I had my backup, actually, in 2018. Yeah, and they were, they were just outplayed us that day. And you would expect an Accrington side to outplay for instance, a Danny Cowley side, for instance, a Keith Curl side at Northampton, for instance, maybe even a John Sheridan side at Swindon. But when they try to play football against teams that like to play football, uh, a Carl Robinson side against Oxford or or a um, Ipswich Town, Paul Lambert, you know, they've lost those games. They drew with Blackpool, although that was a football league trophy. So that means about as much as Carl McCartney's word. Um, so there we go. <laughs> You're determined and, to you're determined to rile me up, aren't you? By mentioning that. <laughs> and just funnily enough, I, I've spoken there about um, how many games uh, Accrington played against teams in the bottom six or seven. Did I? Mm. Uh, so what what did we say that they'd played? Uh, Burton one, Oxford two, Swindon three, Northampton four, Rochdale five. Uh, so in the bottom nine, they've played five of the bottom nine. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. We've played two of the bottom nine so far. Now, I know Accrington are not in the bottom nine, but the point is, in actual fact, we have not had particularly easy fixtures. Um, when you look at like the, the top six, which is the playoffs, we've actually played three of the teams that are in the top six, and we're one of the teams in the top six. If you take the top nine, we've played five of the top nine. So, do, do you know I mean? And by the time that we played uh, Accrington, we will have played seven of the top 11. So yeah, we've actually had quite a tough run of things. Um, mm. And I, I'll be honest, I fancy us against Accrington. I really do. As long as, and I know it's Brennan Johnson missed the Wales game. Mm. Not entirely sure why. I'm now going to do a Ben thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can hear my eyes rolling back. <laughs> um so I, I don't know how I don't know if he's fit or not. Um, don't know if you know he, he missed out obviously on uh, on Wales yesterday or the day before yesterday, wasn't it? Um, but we you know, if we've got players fit, I fancy us against Accrington. Um, yeah. But we've somehow stumbled into a striker crisis, haven't we again? Yeah, I. It's the old thing, isn't it? Day follows night. Sun rises in the east. Lincoln City will have striker problems. Um, yeah, you, you've you've swayed me. I'm now feeling quite confident about Accrington. Well, don't put money on it, Ben. I mean, I I, I, I just talk. I just, I just say words. They're not necessarily the right words. <laughs> I say what well, I, I I look at things. And I think yeah, that looks about good. You know, when it comes to Saturday, I'll wake up absolutely certain we're going to lose. Um, but. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I, I did some research. I'll, I'll show you about it one day. But I did some research. And, um, you know, while I was doing the research, I thought, we could win this game. Could we? I'm going to let that one slide because it's your birthday. Um, but, yeah, uh, like obviously. So, sorry, what was that? I was singing. Sorry, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, you know, I think. In terms of like, you know, people want to use football logic, Accrington 
the last game that they played was away at Swindon. They won 3-0. We play Swindon on Tuesday. Is that going to be a case of, well, if we beat Accrington, then by rights we should beat Swindon? I know nothing happens by rights, but they seem to be on a bit of a uh, bit of a turn at the moment, Swindon, don't they? Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, Richie Wellens is obviously up sticks and, you know, headed off to Salford. Um, and yeah, weird result against Shrewsbury they had, didn't they? I, I, that sounded like a bit of a mad game um, by all accounts. But then, yeah, you know, going uh, going home or coming back home and, and losing to Accrington. Hmm. Obviously, they've got one player that we know all about. Um, and it's whether, you know, it's it's. I think Jack Payne seems to be making a bit of an impact by all accounts from, you know, a few Swindon fans that I've spoken to. I've got a couple on, on Facebook that said that he seems to be, he seems to be doing all right, but then he kind of did all right for us at first. Yeah, well, he was dropped last night. He was dropped on, uh, yeah, last night. No, Tuesday night, sorry. Tuesday night, yeah. Yeah, he's dropped. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I can, you know, Swindon have, for me, they're right on the precipice here, right on the precipice, because John Sherwood has gone John gone in, dare I say, who is a manager that I don't think is very good. Um, and I know that's kind of, it sounds bad, and he's a great football person, and anyone that listens to um, the Under the Cosh podcast will know that, uh, you know, they're, they're a big fan of John Sheridan, and John Parkin is a big fan of John Sheridan. Just let me say some teams at you. Uh, in the last 10 years, John Sheridan has managed Chesterfield, Plymouth, Newport, Oldham, Notts County, Oldham, Fleetwood, Carlisle, Chesterfield, Waterford, Wigan, and now Swindon. Um, so in 10 years, how many clubs is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, hmm. You know... <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah. away from that what you what you can. Um, his win percentage, to be fair, at Carlisle, he didn't do too bad. Um, I seem to think was it Carlisle that he left in League Two to then take over at Chesterfield. I seem to remember. Um, he took over at Oldham not long after we had beaten them in the FA Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. and then ended up taking them down. Um, he was manager of Notts County and had a 25% win ratio. Uh, at Wigan, he only got 20%. He only won three games while he was in charge at Wigan. I, I, for me, I'm I'm not a... I just... I, I don't see it. I don't see it with John Sheridan at all. I think it's a bizarre appointment, um, utterly bizarre appointment. Look, Fundamentals, he's changed their system already. Um, so he's changed them to a 3-5-2 for their butt kicking against um, Accrington. Uh, I don't even think he started 3-5-2, um, but he, he basically he had to go to it because I think they were 3-0 down inside uh, 30 minutes. Um, so got absolutely trounced. Uh, they've been really poor. Yeah, he started 4-2-3-1 uh, and then went 3-5-2. But you start four two three one with a number ten effectively, and that number ten was Joel Grant. So George Jack Payne is out of the side at the moment. What is it? November. It kind of coincides with the time that he fell out of favour at Lincoln. So whether he just likes the warm weather or not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd be really really concerned. Well, they have got they've got Brett Pittman up top, who I really like. I think he's more effective as a two because he's kind of like the League One Matt Reed. Um, he's an agitator, he's an arsehole, but if he's yours, you bloody love him. Um, 
but I'm I'm just I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced at all um, about John Sheridan. I'm not convinced about Swindon. Uh, when you look at the games that they have won, they've won three games this season. One of them was impressive. Um, they beat Hull on Halloween, uh, 2-1, impressive result. The only other games that they've won in the league were against Rochdale at home. I think that's expected. I think Rochdale will struggle. And they beat Burton at home, who, let's face it, we know Burton are really struggling. Yeah. You know, they lost to Accrington. They lost in the FA Cup to Darlington. They lost at Northampton. They were turned over at home by AFC Wimbledon. Um I was hearing about, I've seen something about Burton the other day, and it was, was it something like 13 players that they had unavailable in their squad? Potentially, I, think, I don't. I think they had something like 13 players unavailable due to, primarily due to COVID and other injuries, but they couldn't have the games, you know, called off. So like, what, how does that work? If you, you know, if you're in the middle of a pandemic and you've got players that, are you know falling victim to the to the virus surely that should immediately qualify you but apparently no they had double figures of players missing from their squad so they were able to put three uh, three people on the bench they are they are woeful though there's one more well, game yeah, season i mean um, yeah i think i'll have a soft spot for them because you know bozzy's there but other than that the game where they put three on the bench was the football league trophy on the 10th of november uh, by the 14th of November, they were able to have a bench of six. And on the 8th of November, just a couple of days beforehand, they were able to have a bench of seven. So, you know. And to I'm be fair, off what I heard. I know. To be fair, do you know what? When you read down their team, Kieran O'Hara in goal, decent goalkeeper. They've got Kieran Wallace at the back. He was on loan for with us years ago, but he's kind of established himself now. John Brayford's been around for a while. We know Neil Erdley, they've got Stephen Hughes, uh, Joe Powell, I think he was the kid that went from West Ham. Kane Hemmings has been around, really liked Lucas Aikens. Niall Ennis was at Doncaster last year. We've got John Jolo Tool. I mean, they, they've got an ageing side, but mm. they've got one win all season against Accrington. Mm. Yeah, you're putting more confidence in me for Saturday now. <laughs> yeah, don't. I don't you, know, <laughs> you know what happens? It's the Stacey West curse. We'll go there and get pumped 5-0 and everyone will be on social media calling me an arsehole. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, so, I mean, I just do that anyway. But Yeah, that's fine. And I can handle that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, Swindon. Um, it, I, I can't remember where we called them in our... Um, uh, in our pre-season pod, but I don't think either of us had them, had them doing very well. Um, I can't remember if either of us put them in the bottom, you know, in the, in the sort of dark horses for relegation or not. But yeah, it's. Um, I think you will remember me talking about Wellens, saying how um, he needed more players, and just before we went on air, I read it and I was saying how I would have put them further up, um, and I think they were that team that. They were kind of on that nice edge. It could have gone either way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It could have been they signed Brett Pittman, they got Jack Payne. You know, they they signed some good players, Swindon, and and you kind of thought actually, if this works out, they could do really well. They might be all right, yeah. Yeah, and and it just hasn't. I mean, you know, when they beat Burton four two, they've got um, obviously Brett Pittman scored uh on that day but they signed Dion Donahue um who, who I've kind of liked before Paul Caddis is there their keeper is Kovar who was the Man United under 21 keeper uh while we were there 
I seem to think they had that Tyler Smith. Is it Tyler Smith who was at Bristol Rovers last season? I really liked him. Yeah, they have. He's started three games and scored twice. Um, whether he's injured or not, I don't know. He scored five and nine for them. So not my dog's coming in the room now. So, so yeah, um, I, I, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I shall be watching all of them on iFollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of plug iFollow a little bit because I put the tweet out saying I'm not going to watch the Man City game um because you know 10 quid to watch a dead rubber game not for me and i got a phone call saying look the efl are looking for somebody that's had problems with i follow it's like, i have no idea how they found me i've never mentioned it <laughs> um so uh, the club called me terry called me and said look they're looking for somebody who they're going to give a code to to watch the game um and then uh you they'll they'll ring you beforehand and then if you have any problems during the game you can ring them and they're going to try and have a look at what's causing your problems to see if they can find out what's causing the wider problem so i was like yeah go on then why not so when um, the efl dropped me an email and said that yeah you have to buy the game I was like, right, <laughs> nice um so i had to pay for it they refunded it so but i had to do the, the full user experience 10 minutes before the man city game kicked off my internet went down oh no <laughs> And they rang me up while I was trying to get my internet back on. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, and and as a consequence, I've, I've kind of, I have got a bit more confidence in um, iFollow. Not to a degree where I say it's perfect, but you know, it is clear that the EFL are trying to sort it. And when people blame the EFL, remember the EFL have got a provider. So the EFL said, you know, we'll give you a code to watch this game or we'll refund you to watch this game. And then the company that provided it brings me up. So there's this ass kicking chain. We get angry and kick the club's ass for it. Or I don't, but people do. So the club then constructively pass that back to the EFL, I'm sure. Then the EFL <laughs> then constructively pass it back. Develop yeah. points to develop. And then the EFL kick their supplier's arse. And then their supplier ring me up, basically going, I hope it's all right. Um, so but just to put people's minds at rest, you know, the, the EFL are sitting there going, yeah, well, it's a crap product, but you're paying for it. And rubbing their hands together like a, a danger mouse baddie, Baron Greenback or whatever. So. <laughs> No, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's. Um, I think we all know it's not the perfect product, and I think Liam said as much, you know, publicly. He said, "Is it? it it's not good enough at the moment." But they're trying to take steps to fix it, and I think that's that's all that can be done at this stage. And I know there's been a big push um, this week on on social media and kind of through the club's website and stuff to try and discourage people from doing, you know. Oh no, not this again. Getting it no, getting it via the means, and all I'm going to say on it, all I'm going to say on it is I am fully behind that, um, yep. you know, that campaign. Yeah, and, don't pirate uh, it. Oh, yeah. I watch it for free. Oh, well done. You're 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 killing the club. Congratulations. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, well, it's too expensive. I, well, that's well, not. Don't the point. fucking watch it then. That's... You don't say it's too expensive, and then climb on the roof and try and watch a game on a Saturday. You pay it. Yeah. Oh, it's too expensive club... to get a Domino's. I just go through their bins. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna let my blood boil over that one. Um, you are, but we'll move so on. So expensive to live. I'm gonna go knock over an old lady, take money straight out of her pocket so that I can buy food. There you go. <laughs> we'll move on. I think you wanted to have a, a bit of a, a talk about Lincolnshire Live, and you mentioned yeah. this. I don't know why. Okay, so 
you go on news now news now i'm sure you're aware is an aggregator mm-hmm. um of of news uh i mean for instance at the minute um we're quite prominent because we've got a leads loanee so like the top story at the moment uh, or the latest top story leads could have a real gem but 21 year old has a problem to solve first so yeah that's about robbie gotts uh in the last half hour three things the imps need to do to beat accrington stanley from vital football uh, well score more goals um but what really winds me up is this headline from lincolnshire live will nottingham forest try and recall lincoln city lone star brennan johnson right first of all it's grammatically incorrect it should be will nottingham forest try to recall lincoln lone star not try and recall lincoln lone star you're not six um (laughs) but it annoys me because for me it's scaremongering and mm. Lincolnshire Live have got good access. So the top stories um, uh, are, are nearly all Lincolnshire Lives today. Uh, one of them, Boris Johnson invited to attend Lincoln City match. Blah, yeah, whatever. That's, you know, uh, Mike Afton delivers positive news on defensive duo. Brilliant. You know, great. That's what a, a local right station or a local outlet should do. Lincoln City boss on the future of West Romper. Brilliant. Yeah. That's the news that you should do. Will Nottingham Forest try, and I'm going to change the word because I can't say it the way they've written it because it's stupid. Uh, we'll try to recall Lincoln City Lone Star Brennan Johnson. For me, right, and you, when you read the article, you don't know. So why are they even putting that out there as a, as a, something that people can discuss? Because if Forest do try to recall Brennan Johnson, they will. But because it's a Nottingham Forest player who's doing well for us, who our season kind of hinges on, mm. they're just throwing it out there. And for me, it's just irresponsible. And I hate irresponsible reporting. Mm. Um, and to be fair, do you know what? Lincoln and I are not usually that bad for it um, because they have access to the club and, and, and you know, that they, they get um, decent stories. But that story, just before I came on air, I just read it. And I just thought, my God, you know, that sort of thing should be on the 72 or it should be on, you know, some other sort of trashy, shitey site. And instead, they're, they're putting that out there because people will read that and they'll go, Forrest are going to try and recall. Now I've done it. Forrest are going to try to recall Brennan Johnson. Yeah. Well, I saw it on Lincolnshire Live. And in actual fact, it doesn't say that. And the woman, yeah. the, the hilarious was the thing is that the person that they spoke to, Basically, it's, it, I'm going to bring it up now, and I, I wasn't going to, but the person that they've spoke to on it has said... Um, da, 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 spoken da, 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 da. to, Gary. Spoken to, if you're going to be... What did uh, I say? What did you I said say? spoke to. I said so, spoken to. You just misheard me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the answer is... Fuck off, then. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd be surprised if they don't at least have a good long think about it. Okay. Wow. So that that's that's the news is that some woman is it some woman or some person Sarah Clapston Forest reporter for Nottingham Live. Um, I would be surprised if they don't have a long think about it. Uh, blah blah blah. Forest uh, Forest have a pretty big squad could do with trimming numbers and they're another young player isn't getting very minutes. Um, there's a balancing act to be struck, but I've no doubt the club are at least monitor, monitoring Brennan closely. <gasps> so they've got an international out on loan in League One, and you think that news is that they're monitoring him closely. I just, sorry, I felt like a rant, and because it's my birthday, I've gone a little bit off-piste. But, you know, news story. I'd rather read three things the Imps need to do to beat Accrington Stanley. 
even though we know that the the you know one of them is score goals, the other is not concede goals, and the third one is turn up. <laughs> well, yeah, I can you know I can get behind that, and I can see why you wanted to have a bit of a rant. Um, you know, even though I had no idea that that was coming, I thought that was quite enjoyable. Was, yeah, uh, okay, I'm sure I'm, I'm opening myself up to criticism because someone will inevitably find me making errors in my articles because my proofreading is terrible i've got this condition where i only i read what i think i've written not what i've actually written i don't know what the condition's called i think it's ignorance um (laughs) yeah undiagnosed of course so i'm happy people for people to pick me up some people do it politely we got a message um the other day from uh simon basically saying you know i've noticed this error you know sorry to bring it up so don't be sorry you brought it up in a dm um whereas some people will like put it on twitter and go i think you meant to say this not that uh. yeah sorry <laughs> how did that go yeah i'm not i'm not gonna do it again because actually <laughs> a couple of the people that pulled me up on it are, 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 are friends of mine i think kate kate uh jackson's done it before and i, I, I you know I, I don't for one second think that's how kate sounds i'm not lashing out at people um but he's just you know he's so frustrating i just think oh dm me don't make me look like a knob <laughs> people that don't like me make me people that don't like me make me look like a knob if you like me dm me that's a plea to everybody out there it's my birthday and forever will be um, if you're listening to this, this will always have been recorded on my birthday. So when you listen to it, the plea will always be relevant. <laughs> I mean, that's some that is some leaps of logic right there. Ooh, yakasha. <laughs> um, okay, next thing uh, on the list, um, which is the FA Youth Cup. Um, the the draw's been made. Uh, Preston at home. It was made before the game, actually. It was made about six days ago, I think. But, um, yeah, I really wanted to talk just congratulations to the youngsters who have got through to the FA Youth Cup third round. Mm-hmm. Um, not a particularly easy game. They went away to Alderman 1-0 uh, with a Jesper Tetlow header. Um, interesting, you see, I, I was kind of questioning why Hayden Cam didn't play uh, or wasn't on the bench for the seniors. And I wonder if that's because he was captain in the youth side in the FA Youth Cup last night. Um, you know, it's a good competition and there's a lot of really good teams in the competition at this stage. And I seem to think, you know, there was quite a, a lot of headlines made when we went away to West Brom in the third round. Was it the fourth round we went away to West Brom um, a couple um, of years ago? Yeah, I, I remember the game. I can't remember which round it was in, though. Uh, Nick Proctor will know because obviously he was in his neck of the woods and he went along to it. it might, I think I think we were beaten the fourth round. I think, but I might be wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's massive for the club. And when you look at one or two of the names in there, there's um, Ziad Alioni. I think I've said that right. Hayden Can, Ben Salt. I think you have all been in and around uh, the first team. Sam Long, another one as well. Uh, and you look, you know, some of the other lads. I know Jovan Makama. Um, got a run out in the uh, one of the pre-season friendlies. Uh, I spoke about Bobby Dean before he's come over from Ireland and is meant to be quite a, a strong prospect as well. So I just think from from a, from a our point of view, you know, when we get to League One, um, our youth team should now be the envy of the local area. You know, arguably, when we were in League Two in the National League, it would be more attractive for some of these young players who are in our area to go further afield. It would be very hard to attract people from outside the area, players from outside the area. You know, when you're getting through FA Youth Cup, 
um, rounds, uh, making headlines on the youth scene. And okay, it doesn't always permeate through to the mainstream supporter. You know, some sometimes the mainstream supporter just sees what oh, the youth team won again and does don't fully understand, you know, hows and whys of it. Um, but when you look at the Finland game the other night, and and Robert Taylor obviously did an article on who was in our youth setup and is now a Finnish international, just goes to show you, you know, what what can be achieved. I think. You know, the better our young players do um, in these sorts of competitions that probably are, are mere footnotes for some fans. You know, it's worth highlighting. You know, mm. Imagine if we were to, to beat Preston, um, who are a championship team, so they're one level above. Let's say you beat them and you're in the fourth round. You know, okay, it might mean that one or two of our lads get spotted by other scouts, but unfortunately the model is the model. So, mm. um, But yeah, congratulations to them, I think. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, it's nice to see uh some level of success you know regardless of of the age group or the uh the level of play um so absolutely uh right so next thing that we've got i mean i think that's that's more or less most imp stuff i think for this week um one thing that I think we both sort of wanted to touch on uh was the news about ryan reynolds and rob Mc, uh, McElhenney. McElhenney, I can't remember how you pronounce his name, but oh, it's you doing the pronunciations wrong. Yeah, this is brilliant. So I on, on my on internet, then. you pronounce no, it. No, I, I can't do him. You know that Chris Ray immortalised that in a cartoon. <laughs> and I just think it's funny that it was me doing the Google searches in the background and you doing the uh, the, the, the mispronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, is it? No, um, <laughs> no, I Ryan Williams trade. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney taking over Wrexham, which is just, uh, it's bizarre. I mean, it's 2020 all over, isn't it? I like Ryan Reynolds. Did did you did you see the video they did? Yes, it, just, it, it was the way brilliant. Ivor Williams trailers. Yes, if you've got livestock, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of uh, you know of of the pair of them. I think um, if you if you have access to it, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I think it's Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet. I think it's called uh, is uh, Rob Show on Apple TV Plus, which is hilarious if you are slightly into video games, which obviously I slightly am. Um, it's kind of about a, a game development studio, and it's just really funny. Um, and obviously, you know, he's he's sort of famed for it's always sunny in Philadelphia as well. Um, I've never heard of him to be honest. Even before we started talking, now I knew that he acted, um, but he hasn't popped on anything on my radar. Uh, and that's not I just you know, I'm not aware of a lot of popular people, um, but I am very aware of Ryan Reynolds, who I like. Um, mm. Not in a uh, a sexual way, but in a you know not in a, a funny way. guy. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. But Radio One might um, change the lyric. Oh, not um, you as well. <laughs> just go and <laughs> listen to it on YouTube if you're that bloody bothered by no, it. No, I'm not. I just, you know what? All that bothers me about it is you can go too far with any of these sorts of things. And I, it was the same with. Um, I wrote an article for a a site called something like manliness.com the other day about, you know, we're losing our action hero because I think there was talk of a female James Bond and I'm all for equality, but you know, a character is a character and James Bond was a male character. And yeah, I just, I I don't, when you look at it, that, that, the word, and I won't say it because, yeah, I mean, we saw, right, we say bugger and fuck, but we won't say the other words. Um, I, I just, for me, I, 
I, I, it just it, what annoys me is that it's not a consistent BBC thing as well. Like if the word is offensive, then why are Radio Two still playing it and Radio Six giving DJs the option and Radio? I've always hated Radio One anyway. It's a bunch just you know always overpaid, self pat, pat on the back wankers. Um, I just you know I'm not you know me Ben. I'm not one of these you know it was better during the war and all that sort of thing, but. <laughs> I just think taking that word out. Have we got to start? What well, we got to start calling sausages that are not sausages, but the ones beginning with F. Have we got to rename them now? No, I just it. I get why people, you know, would are sort of in that boat. But I think it's when it's the people that always complain about, you know, outrage culture, and saying, "Oh, people are just doing it to be offended." It's like the yeah, but the thing is, people are getting offended at the thought of something potentially happening i mean as far as i'm aware they've censored that for the past couple of years like it's it's not a new thing it's they stopped playing it didn't they at one point possibly i don't know but like it's you know it's not necessarily a new thing and i I just think it's another it's slightly ironic that the people who go around calling everybody snowflakes the first ones to you know throw their arms up and start complaining about how things are shit and offend them that's all you know you won't see me calling you won't i I hate the word snowflake Mm. i also hate uh easy offense and i think society's got to settle somewhere on the middle and i think genuinely as a society we've gone from one side to the other and i it's, it's like i said you, you you have got to strike a balance um at some point and yeah i don't think anybody should be offended but you know one of your favorite comedians as i know is um jim jeffries yeah and i love jim jeffries he could quite so a lot of his comedy is highly offensive yeah towards american people so oh, towards people, just people. <laughs> yeah, towards people. But uh, do, do you see what I mean? And there are people saying, "Well, you can't tell that joke." And I'm not. I, you know, I wouldn't go, "Oh, you're a snowflake for saying that." But there's got to be a point where you know, art and creativity uh, has got to allow some degree of expression. And that particular song, in my opinion, using that language of the time, is is okay. And are we going to ban NWA? Because NWA were offensive right the way across. Okay, you wouldn't hear it on BBC Radio 1, um, but they do play songs that promote certain cultures and promoting certain cultures may be offensive to other cultures. Do you see what I mean? It's just Mm. at some point you've got to strike the balance and the BBC needs to be consistent as well. You know, if you're going to block out a word, fair enough, but you've got to do it across the board. I don't listen to BBC Radio 1 anyway, so I don't know why we're talking about it. I think that's that's sycophants. That's... That's half the thing is like a lot of people when they say, oh, well, you know what, you know, diversity did a dance on a TV show and I'm offended by it. It's like, well, why would you watch that TV show anyway? And would you normally go and watch diversity? That's that's. Yeah. You see, again, I don't care about the taking the knee. I think if if they want to take the knee, then that's absolutely fine. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. The people that were then getting annoyed about it and you know whoever it was on Twitter saying, I can start watching Lincoln again now. If you stopped watching Lincoln because the players went down on one knee for 10 seconds before a game, wow. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I never saw it because of I follow. I always get on about 30 minutes into the game. So. <laughs> anyway, um, where, where, where are we? Oh, yeah. Wrexham's being bought by two Hollywood actors. Oh yeah, yeah. One of one of which played uh, one of whom played Pikachu. Love it. 
What? Ryan Reynolds was Pikachu. In what? Detective Pikachu. What on earth is Detective Pikachu? <laughs> Get on IMDb when we're done. No. <laughs> it genuinely doesn't sound like the sort of film that interests me at all. When we're done, <laughs> Fee's going to go pick up a takeaway and we're going to watch Dogma. Oh, good film. I know. Um, so which Hollywood star, uh, if Lincoln were going to be taken over, and I desperately don't want them to be because love Clive to pieces, so purely hypothetical, but which Hollywood star would you like to take over at Lincoln City and why? I bet it's going to be one of the DC car Marvel types from you. In it. No. <laughs> I wonder, desperately I wonder, trying to do, rethink now. You're desperately trying to think of any film you've seen that either wasn't animated or DC and Marvel. No. No. <laughs> go on. Do you want me first. to go first while you see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you first while I silently search for films that were not animated DC or Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, Leonardo Di. Uh, who's that? Rage! Rage! <laughs> uh, I've thought about it. And I would, I think that the ultimate boss of a football club, the ultimate boss of anything ever, Robert De Niro. Because can you imagine Robert De Niro as your club chairman and an agent goes in and thinks he's going to have his pants down? Because it doesn't matter whatever character De Niro's played, it is actually De Niro that's the fearsome one. And when you read about him, you know, he's a double hard bastard. He doesn't just play that type of character. You just wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him. Or when Ricky Gervais did his um, BAFTA speech or whatever, and he made the joke uh, at the table um, that had, uh, I can't think of their names now, but it had De Niro and Joe Pesci, uh, who were in The Irishman, and, and the guy that directed it, and he made the joke, and you looked across, and you looked at them all there, and I thought, if you make one more joke, uh, <laughs> one more joke, you're going to end up basically in a, in a you leave con- him rolled up in a carpet. Yeah, exactly. You're suddenly going to find that you're a permanent part of the new Interstate 101 that's being built as <laughs> part of the concrete pylon. So yeah, Robert De Niro. I'd like him to co-own with Clive. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure if I was an agent, which one I would be more fearful of trying to get one over. Yeah, because I don't think Clive would will take will suffer fools gladly at all. No, that's fair. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think uh, it, it is going to be, it is going to have to be, you know, one of my shooty bang, oh look at the shiny films, um, and it, it probably it'd be Robert Downey Jr. because he's had his problems, but he's gotten over him now, and he's he's fucking Iron Man. Like, he's not really, man. you understand? Yeah, but that. he is, yeah, but he is Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you find a film quick enough? <laughs> Just said Jessica Alba. Honestly, people would have thought more of you. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They 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 no. already think very lowly of me. It's fine. No. I know where I stand. They do not think lowly of you. They think lowly of us. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I told Fee we were going to be finished at half six. It's now five to seven. Oh dear. Right. Well, I think we'll probably. Uh, I mean, it's it's been over an hour now, so it's uh, it's probably a good spot to wrap up. Um. Yeah, I think. Um, is there anything we need to plug other well, than I'd, I'd other than say, stuff that I cut off last week by accident? <laughs> I just say uh, I'm doing the Kit World Cup on Stacey West at the minute, so um, I've got what I think is every awake and third kit since about 1980. 
uh, and got them into a 32-team World Cup. If you're listening to this, you will probably have already missed the first three groups, um, but the rest of them will be on. So go on there, vote for your favourite, and let's see which alternative slash third kit is going to come out on top. Um, I've got the one I hope is going to come out on top, but... um, Have you rigged the draw? No, I think actually mine got pulled up into the qualifiers and it's already gone out. One second. Um, maybe you have it in minutes, it's all right. For listeners, you may have heard that. That's my dinner being ordered with the Chinese. So... <laughs> you, Sorry, only get that. you only get that on the Stacey West podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I actually quite liked uh, the blue one with the echo and somebody went on there because it was winning one of the votes and someone went on and said, why are people voting for the Chesterfield shirt? And since then, I haven't been able to look at it the same. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, I think I don't I don't think my favourite away shirt's been in yet. I can't remember which one it was, um, which which group it's in. But yes, I will. Uh, I'll definitely be you know voting in those. I think I missed today's votes, um, yeah. but I will be. Uh, I'll be participating in the other ones. Um, cool. Sorry. Cool. That's all I said. Oh, cool. I thought you I thought you coughed. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it. Um, I just want to put another plug in for the for the gaming stuff. Um, you don't need to with half a million views in a week or whatever. Yeah, it be, it's been. Uh, mad. You should be plugging us on them. <laughs> it has been absolutely insane. We've yeah, as guys has just said, we um, it kind of exploded over the weekend. We've had half a million views in the space of about nine days, which is uh, unprecedented for us. Um, in the year of unprecedented things so go and subscribe to next gen base because that helps us as well and we're nearly at twenty thousand subscribers which is actually kind of an important number when it comes to some publishers so um but that's going to do us because really didn't i i haven't subscribed yeah. i don't think i don't think i have get on it yeah i don't know i'm not sure if i'm that interested <laughs> no, I will. I will. I was going to tell you great. where to get a PS5, but you can do one now. <laughs> yeah, if you tell me where to get a PS5 for free, I'm all ears. Um, oh, okay, well, no, that's not happening. <laughs> no, um, you do really well with it, mate. To be fair, I did, I, yeah, quite chuffed for you over the last couple of weeks. I know yeah. you've put a lot of work. All joking aside, I know you've put an awful lot of work in. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't mentioned the fact that I'm tired because I know that otherwise you would oh, run with God. it for the entire length of the podcast. So if I do it now, so I'm just before I'm about to go, then that's fine. I thought saying something nice would shut you up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm tired. Fuck off and go and enjoy your Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, we'll see you next week. Good. Take care. See you later, buddy. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.